0: Welcome to another installment of Now Hear This Entertainment. I'm Bruce Wozniak, and wherever you have found the show, thanks for listening. This podcast is widely available, so know that there are lots of options out there to listen and subscribe. The website is nhte.net and has lots from all episodes, plus links to social media and podcast listening platforms. Please spread the word about Nhte. Joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Las Vegas, my guest has held the distinction of the youngest headlining singer to perform on the Strip and has been praised by Robin Leach as Las Vegas' favorite. Plus, she was among MyVegas Magazine's top 100 women of influence in Las Vegas. She has headlined multiple shows on the Las Vegas Strip been a lead vocalist in the supper club inside the Bellagio, also runs a corporate band, and even owns her own vocal studio. In late 2018, she released an EP, and you've been hearing one of the songs from it, called Get Closer to Me. It's my pleasure to welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, Lisa Marie Smith.
1: Hello, Bruce. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it.
0: You are so welcome. I'm excited to talk to you. Thanks for making time to do this.
1: Of course, it's COVID time. I have time for
2: days.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, Lisa, let's start off by having you tell the audience all about the song of yours that we were just playing called Get Closer to Me, especially since I was talking over it and they couldn't hear the lyrics.
1: (laughs) Yes. um, Get Closer to Me was one of my songs that I co-wrote with Fervor Records. They are a Spectacular indie label um, based out of Phoenix, Arizona, and they are all about placement in TV and film. Um, that's their thing. They're really good at it. And they had written the song alongside me um, to be placed in a couple of uh, TV shows and films that I cannot disclose yet. <laughs> um, but uh, it's it's fun. It's it has a bit of the Las Vegas sex appeal to it um, that you know, we kind of are required to have here in Las Vegas, but it's playful and um, and I kind of like the edgy feel that it has, especially if you know me personally, I'm bubbly and light and the, the uh, song is a little bit edgier. So it was a fun juxtaposition to sing that one.
0: Now, I do know my geography, so I know that Nevada and Arizona are close to each other, but how does Lisa Marie Smith in Las Vegas get paired up with a record label that is in Arizona and not seek out someone that's right there in one of the entertainment capitals of the US meaning Las Vegas
1: sure well you would actually be surprised to know that there are very few um indie labels in Las Vegas there mm. are there are a couple um but this particular label um is like i mentioned really tight with uh tv and you know film and fervor records had approached me because they were working with um an incredible guitar player and composer his name's andy gerald and he was working for them beforehand and i had worked with andy on multiple shows and just through the industry they had heard some of my music a friend of mine was originally signed to them and they they reached out to me they said hey We, we think your vibe and your look and your sound is, is perfect for the missing piece of the puzzle of, of what they needed for that season. Um, so they signed me on and it was such a spectacular experience. I am still signed with them. I'm currently not working on anything right now, just because it's been a different bit of a shift in my focus in my career, but the door is not closed. I will be going back for sure. And they're wonderful people.
0: Awesome. Awesome listeners there is a new video that i posted that i want you to watch you see with an intro like the one you just heard me do for lisa this is someone with whom there is a lot of ground to cover i (laughs) fear that we might not be able to get to everything but there's good news after we finish recording this episode of now hear this entertainment lisa and i are going to continue talking over in bonus content that i will be posting on the patreon for this show there are actually already 40 audio files there already dating back to last christmas these are files that are coming out to be gosh sometimes almost half of another podcast episode you get to hear more from the guest plus i do some behind the scenes stuff myself and that's the only place you can get it maybe best of all is that it's only five bucks a month the video i was referring to is a new patreon video where you see me sitting here at my recording rig talking about getting you to sign up there to see that video and to sign up either go directly to patreon.com slash nhte or from my show website nhte.net use the orange colored support us on patreon button hear more from lisa marie smith and all the prior guests back to last christmas And you'll get the bonus audio released every week hereafter until you, for some reason, decide to stop. Oh my gosh, why would you stop? I would be so sad. (laughs) Anyhow, do sign up. It's a great way to show your support for these new releases that I create every week. So Lisa, you said that they had heard your music and were interested and thought that you were a good fit. So since this was your debut EP, educate me and the audience on... What were you doing songwriting-wise previously where somebody would have had an opportunity to hear your music?
1: Are you ready for this? Nothing. I wasn't doing any um, any original music. I actually had um, not dabbled in it at all. Mm. I took a class, a songwriting class at Berklee School of Music while I was going to school um, there at Boston Conservatory and, uh, and thought it was interesting. But I'm very... Um, in my head, I I have a hard time um not editing myself, and I struggled with songwriting, so I kind of had given up on it. But they had seen me perform, okay. so in you know in Vegas I do every cover song known to man everywhere, <laughs> and they heard my voice. So they weren't necessarily talking about my writing style; they were more talking about my tonal quality and and my look.
0: Gotcha, so. gotcha. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, that sounds still, though, like it was a wonderful door that opened in more ways than one. You got the EP recorded and out. You said you're still signed with them, and there's going to be more original music from you at some point. So that sounds like a a wonderful connection for sure.
1: Oh, absolutely. They're incredible.
0: So you do wear so many hats. (laughs) In, (laughs) In putting this interview together, I struggled with where to go next, what order to ask you everything in. My gosh, you have so much going on. So we talked about your original music, and of course at the end we'll come back around to it when we play another one of your original songs. But for now let's move on and talk about the, I'll call it solo work that you do. Now be gentle with me here. In addition to, like so many others in Vegas, getting hired out for corporate work, you are still doing the Mayfair Supper Club in the Bellagio, yes? Yes
1: yes i am i'm there a couple of days a week and uh it's perfect it's the perfect amount of time for me to feel associated with a show and a company um no ceilings is an incredible company um and they are subcontracted by mgm um through bellagio and uh i'm there a couple days a week and do this extravagant elaborate show and then go home to my pajamas and my dogs so <laughs> it's it's perfect it's perfect little taste.
0: And how long have you done that?
1: The show opened New Year's Eve of this last year, and I was the um, one of two original singers cast for it.
0: So what does that show look like in terms of how long is it, who else is on stage with you, what type of music are you doing, those types of things?
1: It's a blast. Um, Mayfair Supper Club is like taking a step back into speakeasy era uh, in like in New York or something where, um, you know, you had to dress up and there's a lot of, um, decadence and pearls and, and, an incredible jazz trio. So we have an actual, um, drummer, uh, a piano player who is spectacular, Patrick Hogan, who's an up and coming, um, entertainer here in town. And then our musical director, JF, who plays trombone and guitar and, a bunch of a bunch of stuff, and um, you walk into this experience, and it is directly on the center of the Bellagio fountains. Mm. That's that's your backdrop, and you can't get a view like that anywhere in the world, let alone Vegas. So you walk in, and you're seated, and you have a view of the fountains, you have a view of the stage, view of the musicians. Dancers start coming to your table; they're hanging from above your your head on the ceiling, mm. and then I come out with um, my co-host. Um, Our names are Dean and Judy for the show and uh, very old school. (laughs) And we come out and uh, we do everything from jazz to reimagined pop songs in a jazz way. We do blues. We do a little soul and country. I mean, you name it, we sing it. And it spans, it spans about four and a half hours. So you can't yeah you can't sit and enjoy well, I mean, I guess you could but you probably get kicked out you can't sit and enjoy the entire show in one sitting which is enticing for people to come back because you'll always see something different
0: okay so for the benefit of those in the audience who are aspiring performers I know the questions they have and I'm listening to you and I'm hearing four and a half hours and I'm wondering <laughs> A do you take a break at any point and B who wrote the show <laughs>
1: Uh, I do take breaks. Right now in COVID times, um, we actually only do 30, eh, 40 minutes on, 20 minutes off. Okay. 40 minutes on, 20 minutes off because the full production show is not currently running due to restrictions. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's the, we call it the jazz nights. In production show land, it would be like, I run on do six numbers and then I run off and I take a three minute break and then I run on do one and then Mm. I have a five minute break and then I run on and it's very just I'm running for I'm running for the entire time and when I am breaking I'm either changing into another costume or I mean it's a blast and time goes by really quickly (laughs) but who put the
0: show together who I said who wrote it but who is the one that conceptualized it
1: So No Ceilings is a spectacular company. They're based out of L.A. as well as Europe and New York City. Um, They're a bunch of guys who um, have been professional dancers um, for some of the greatest acts of all time. I mean, you name an incredible, iconic performer, and they've probably danced right alongside them. Mm. Um, And they had a huge... um, passion for production and direction and creation and they came up with this concept i know um and i can't speak too much on on how they met with mgm because i don't know but mgm wanted a supper club and they had worked with them prior in in small ways approached no ceilings no ceilings had this spectacular idea and threw it at them and mgm said yes so that's why i said earlier they are a subcontractor of. MGM or Bellagio, because they came up with it, they wrote it, we are hired by them, um, you know, but it's MGM's baby, if you will.
0: So is it given to you all the way down to every single song that will be performed, or is there any artistic license in the performers being able to pick some of the music?
1: That's a great question. Um, this was really done as a true production style show, like a Broadway show. Um, where everything was very structured and given to us however when they auditioned us in the first place they were very mindful of our strengths which i really appreciated me and the other female singer who um performs with you know in the show um on my off nights and vice versa um they catered to her voice tendencies as well as mine. Mm -hmm. They knew her strengths, they knew mine, and they kind of meshed them together, which was really, really great. But I didn't necessarily have say in what I was doing. But if there was something I absolutely couldn't stand, I did actually voice my opinion and they listened. So it's a very... Um, wonderful creative process to be a part of.
0: Nice. Yeah, it sounds like it. And I'm glad that you mentioned the word audition, because again, for the benefit of those in the audience who are performers as well, we know that everybody is always looking for more bookings. Oh, yeah. So how did you come to, I'm going to say, get the gig at the Mayfair Supper Club, but I guess it would be, how did you even get to the audition stage in the first place? How did you know that they were holding auditions?
1: That's a question. And Unfortunately, I don't think my answer is going to be of much help. <laughs> um, but I'll, I'll just explain it. So when I was first starting out in Vegas, um, I would pop on Vegasauditions.com or, you know, the, the ones that all of my other industry friends knew about. And I mm-hmm. would just go to the open cattle call and do my thing and leave. Mm-hmm. Um, as I started getting a bit more um, notoriety in town and, and a reputation – Um, people would approach me with auditions so the show before this one I was approached this one I was approached by one of the entertainment directors of MGM Mm. um, had written me personally Um, she uh, she's not necessarily affiliated at all with Bellagio or this show but there's 1700 entertainment directors affiliated (laughs) with MGM so she basically just said hey Um, I heard Bellagio is putting on this show. I think you would be great in it. Here's the audition information. I think you should go. And I went.
0: Wow. And that is still a good answer because I do want those of you in the audience who are listening that are learning from me and from my guests every week to understand There is no one answer, and it does happen the way that Lisa just described it, and it also happens the way that Dane Reese described it last week, and it also happens the way that Insert Guest Here described it on episode, Insert Number Here. So it also reinforces, listeners, the value, the importance of, to an extent, you could say connections that I'm always preaching about, but obviously you make a good impression on people and it sticks with them and and lisa's here to to attest to that as we just heard uh, okay well i i've got a related question that's pretty cool but i'm going to save it for the patreon conversation because i gotta keep moving along here because we have <laughs> so much to cover we do now as we transition here from the solo work towards somewhere else here's the bridge i'm going to use to get there what is this show that you've done with Ann Martinez that's available on demand a production called Rue I see the link to it on the Broadway World website in your Instagram bio
1: Yeah I'm so grateful um that we got to be affiliated with Broadway World due to um our show at The Space The Space is an entertainment um hub in las vegas ran by my friend mark Chinook, and he um wanted to reach out to some entertainers that he respected not just in vegas but in the broadway circuit and in the los angeles circuit he picked basically two or three acts in vegas two or three acts in new york city and then two or three in la over the span of a month and a half and said we want you guys to put on a show we'll pay for the tech Mm. we'll pay all of our tech guys and After you guys, you know, um, make make enough ticket sales, you guys can keep the rest. So it was a way for us to make some money. But even more important than that, because it's hard to sell tickets during COVID time, it was an opportunity for us to have art again. You know, and that was just, I had something to look forward to over the last month and a half where I was picking songs for myself. It was basically just me and one of my best girlfriends who also has red hair. We're both headliners in Las Vegas. We've never worked together. Um, And everyone's always like, when are you guys going to do a show together? And (laughs) this was the, this was the opportune time. So.
0: Okay. But I believe that I saw that it's listed as on demand until I think it's, is it October, November something? That's right. So this was filmed one time in the space that you're describing, and it's the two of you, and what is the show?
1: So it actually is on demand for the next, as of now, 20, 21 days by the time this is being listened to. Um, But it was a 30-day. We filmed it a couple days ago, and uh, one time, one take, live. Wow. And the show is basically just a concert. It's an arrangement of um, songs reimagined by actually my fiancé. Isaac Tubb is a trumpet player and arranger here in Las Vegas, and we brought our ideas to him. So the, the word Roo means red, and it also means warrior. And uh, so we decided that we both as redheads were going to say, what does the color red um, make you feel how does it make you feel hmm. what are what are the words associated with the word red and let's do a song about each of them interesting and that was kind of the concept of the show so we have lust we have power we have love we have empathy we have i mean rage we have all all kinds of stuff and uh, so it's one song each um for each of those kind of feelings and um it's more of a concert. It's. Um, about 65 minutes, and it is an abridged version of a show that we are pitching for um, production in uh,
0: Las Vegas on the Strip. Wow, mm-hmm. wow. So there's obviously a full band That's performing with you on this. And and I believe I saw that it's only $20. And if I'm correct, then, oh, my gosh, that's a steal. So, listeners, I'm going to give you the information in a few minutes here. Please buy that and support Lisa and her friend Ann Martinez in in what sounds like a wonderful production. So, Lisa, next, let's move then towards something I alluded to in the intro, which is that you have your own corporate band, which I believe is a Mm 10-piece band.
1: (laughs) Yes. Yeah. It's crazy when you say it out loud.
0: (laughs) That's fantastic. Yeah. Share with the audience all about that
1: hat that you wear. So basically one of the main things that I think um, is really important to talk about, especially with aspiring artists, is and I hope this doesn't sound preachy, but if there's anything I've learned being successful in Vegas and unsuccessful in Vegas is Don't allow people to employ you. Find ways to employ yourself, Mm. right? There is an opportunity for art to be made all the time. And if you mix art with business, uh, you get a product, right? And this is a direct correlation of that. I decided to create a corporate band because – I was seeing all these corporate bands from Los Angeles. Sorry, LA family. I saw a bunch of LA bands coming to Vegas for these events, getting put up in these fancy hotels and doing. I'm like, what? We we can do that. We have I have Sly and the Family Stone's bass player and musical director in, in my camp. Why can't we create a, a corporate band? And so we created um, a corporate as well as lounge. So we perform in, well, not right now, but we perform in the lounges all over the Las Vegas Strip, as well as we performed for the anniversary of the Paris Hotel, which was really fun. Uh, We've headlined New Year's Eve at a couple of places, um, performed for a bunch of different conventions in town. And it's it's a blast. And uh, it's basically myself. It's called LMS, which is named after my initials but it stands for Live Music Society. Ah. And, mm-hmm. and uh, it's me and a couple of my closest singer friends, um, and it's a scalable band. So it goes up to 10 pieces, but it can be two pieces if, if they can afford two.
0: Yeah, I was going to ask you, when you said that you do perform in lounges, I thought, well, I know that's not 10. So, right. so I, I get it. You're, you're mixing and matching according to the booking.
1: That's right. Um, usually in the lounges, it's about five to six, sometimes four, but usually, yeah, four in between four and six pieces.
0: Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, Lisa had something really scary happen to her a few years ago that she has rallied around to provide inspiration to others. But before I have her get into that, let me give you these. I am joined today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Las Vegas by singer-entertainer Lisa Marie Smith. Visit her official website at singlisamarie.com. I will have a link to her website on the show page for this episode at nhte.net. Lisa is very much on social media. Engage with her on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. In fact, there is even a separate Instagram account for the corporate band that you just heard her talk about. Lisa's self-titled EP is available on iTunes. It is she is also on spotify so go ahead and follow her on there but again the better way to support her is to purchase downloads of her ep so that she gets more than a fraction of a penny for you streaming her music on spotify <laughs> don't forget too about the production that you heard her talk about that's available on demand through events.broadwayworld.com the show is called rue spelled r-o-u-x do buy a ticket to watch that as well Remember that Lisa and I will have more conversation and exclusive bonus content that will only be available through the Patreon for this show, which you can gain access to for only $5 a month. As I mentioned before, there is a new video up there that I just posted of me sitting at my recording rig talking to you about supporting me and this show through that platform. Just go to patreon.com nhte or from my show website nhte.net. Use the orange colored support us on Patreon button. One more thing. Always remember that any time at all that you're making any kind of purchase whatsoever through Amazon, you can help me in my show without it costing you anything extra. On my show website, nhte.net, scroll down to the tall Amazon banner and use that to either open their shopping app if you're on your phone or to open their website if you're on a computer. Either way, at the end of the transaction, they will calculate a small percentage of the sale that will get sent back to me And like I said, it's at no extra cost to you at all, and it's all anonymous. So I don't know who bought through that or what you bought. Lisa, before all that, I started to mention a few years ago, you went through an incredible challenge physically. Tell the audience all about what I'm referring to and how you got through that, and then also, as I was saying before the break, how you're using that to inspire people.
1: Well, thanks for asking. I'm... I'm really passionate about what I'm about to discuss um, for a multitude of reasons but the most important one is because of the the negative stigma that comes along with injury. Um, A couple of years ago I had hemorrhaged my vocal cords and then um, they basically my vocal cords atrophied. They um, froze up. Um, I had almost no movement, uh, partial paralysis and on one of the chords, mm. et cetera, et cetera. The list goes on and on and on. Um, it's a bunch of jargon that <sighs> no one understands. Um, not even me, <sighs> but, uh, I injured my voice to the point where we were worried my career was going to be over. Mm. And I was young still, I was only 27 at the time. And, uh, I injured it because I had spent the majority of my early career saying yes to anything and everything Mm -mm. even if it was at the detriment of my health wow um so i didn't have an understudy in one of the shows that i was performing in five six nights a week i would have to perform sick and i didn't have the courage to tell them you know another group i can't i'm sick so i would perform on injury a lot i'd perform on illness a lot i mean Mm. um so i i damaged my vocal cords really really bad and I started getting treatment for that through the Actors' Equity. Um, They would, you know, take care of my medical bills, which I was unbelievably grateful for. Um, And I would fly or drive to Los Angeles to see a laryngologist in LA, Dr. Michael Johns, who, him alongside a woman named Amy Chapman, healed my voice. I mean, in a way that I can never, thank them enough for but while that was happening I actually I adopted a puppy <laughs> the love of my life Coda and while I was at the dog park believe it or not I got ran over by two huge dogs bigger than me Whoa. they were sprinting after a tennis ball
2: Whoa.
1: and they ran me over and I fractured my T3 T4 and just above my coccyx
0: oh my, my spine
1: Hmm. And, uh, it was right around my rib cage. So I was, I had a hard time breathing and, um, and that took over a year. I mean, still to this day, if it's about to rain, my body tells me because it aches. So I'll never be the same from it. I'm fine. I didn't need any like extreme surgery, no, mm-hmm. um, you know, rods or anything in my back. It mm-hmm. was just a, a standard fracture, but to go through, That voice injury In conjunction with that back injury I lost my physical identity And I lost my entire like Soul I couldn't sing so I had no outlet Mm. In that way I had no emotional outlet I had no physical outlet Because I couldn't work out and get out my frustration And I would spend six seven days a week In rehabilitation for over a year Um, It was really challenging Yeah but it's the best thing that has ever happened to me. And I can look back on it now and say that because it taught me tenacity. It taught me n- what my self-worth is, what what I can say no to, what I cannot say no to, what my body is physically capable of handling, what my emotional uh, <laughs> level is capable of handling. And quite honestly, it can always be worse, right? Things can always... Yeah. things. Sure. Worse always can happen. So you have to just keep pushing yourself and allowing yourself to overcome obstacles and not let them defeat you or even trump you in any any way, shape, or form.
0: Yeah, and I hear you saying that in a global sense, meaning not just a physical injury, but whatever it is that you think has been a huge setback and is going to define you, that's where you're saying put the brakes on right there.
1: Yep, it won't. And there's absolutely, I mean... Due to this injury, I have met people, um, you know, who have been either in similar situations or so much worse, um, and they've inspired me to keep going. It can always get worse, <laughs> and I know that's a really weird thing to say, or a, a dark or a heavy thing to say, but quite honestly, that's that's the world and that's life. Um, so when when something trying happens to you, I would really do your absolute best to say. What are what what do I need to do to get around it? Not what can I what should I what what should I maybe No, What is it that I must do in order to continue to achieve this goal? And I will do it. And if you have that kind of attitude and that drive and that tenacity, you'll achieve it. It's just, you have no choice, right?
0: And listeners, I don't know if I've ever said this. I'm sure I have. My gosh, I've been doing the show every week for more than six and a half years, but I'm right there with Lisa. I've gone through two open heart surgeries. I've been in a motorcycle accident, and I'm here to talk about it. And I'm also at a place just like you, Lisa, where if someone brings it up, I'll talk about it, but it's in the past, and it doesn't define who I am. Now, if someone comes up to you and says, oh, aren't you the girl who went through and then describes the... Two injuries that you just mentioned. Yes, yes, I am. And you're saying it with a smile on your face because you're thankful to be where you are now. And you're not just the girl who went through those two things. Just like I'm not the guy who went through two open-heart surgeries and a motorcycle accident. I'd rather talk about all the great things that are going on in my life now. If you have questions, I'll answer them. But that's not who I am, just like that's not who you are. And here you are being as busy as I've been telling the audience that you are doing so many wonderful things. So it's wonderful to hear the victory and also what you learned from it in terms of this mental approach that you now take that you just described.
1: I love, I just absolutely love everything you said. Even most importantly, the ownership of, yes, that's who I was. That's not who I am. It's, it has, it has been a definer in my life, but it does not define me.
0: That's right. That's right. Mm -hmm. Well, speaking of helping others, you are the spokesperson for Positively Arts. Share with the audience what they do and your role with them.
1: (sighs) My heart. <laughs> Positively <laughs> arts is my heart. Uh we're a 501 C three nonprofit. We empower, inspire, and heal um kids using the arts. Arts education is lacking in a lot of funding for schools, as well as even when it is in schools, it's not taken as um seriously or has as much impact as we wish it would. So basically our nonprofit hooks, um, up children with, you know, those with needs, um, those who have financial detriment to them, those who um, can't afford it, can't afford it, um, social anxieties, physical um, issues, or just normal kids, we hook them up with working professionals in Las Vegas and on Broadway and in Los Angeles. And we, they mentor them and they're allowed to perform with them on the Las Vegas strip. We do shows, we do camps, Hmm. we have... All kinds of programs for these kids, and we need more of them in the world. Um, if I were to have had a mentor like I have watched some of these kids have with others, I I can't even imagine where I would be. It's such a positive, um, fulfilling experience to be part of.
0: Outstanding. Outstanding. And I can tell already through the conversation that we've had thus far, what a heart you have for the arts. I know at least three times you have mentioned the arts. And I think you said it best, and shame on me that I didn't say it in the moment, but when you said that in conjunction with Rue, that one thing that has been sorely lacking throughout the pandemic is art. And so how wonderful it is that you were able to do Rue. how wonderful it is that there's an organization like Positively Arts, because this is something that, people are missing and if you're getting the e-newsletter that I send out every Wednesday you noticed that I reported that the Pensacola Beach Songwriters Festival had to be I'm going to say canceled although they're trying to look at rescheduling it as of the time that I'm talking to Lisa and I was going to drive up there because I go to that songwriters festival every year and I was so looking forward to being surrounded by that art, being surrounded by the great original music of these creators who go to that event mm-hmm. every year. And so it's important that events like that go on. It's important that we support shows like Rue. It's important that we have and support organizations like Positively Arts. Lisa, I think the only question I have, though, is... So I said that you're the spokesperson for Positively Arts, but you speak with such ownership. Are you actually, is it yours? Are you something, quote unquote, more than a spokesperson? Just help me understand <laughs> that a little more clearly.
1: Sure. It is not mine. It's one of my best friends, one of my bridesmaids, um, Polita Simpson. She is the owner and founder of Positively Arts, and because I'm so close with her, I um, I have been affiliated with it since the jump. There is no vice president. If there was, it would probably be me. <laughs> but because I I have personal um, relationships with a lot of the kids, I teach a lot of them private private students private singing classes. I can't be on the board of members, if you will. It's just not appropriate because um, it would come off as you know favoritism a bit in some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm just a, I i am am the spokesperson. I'm affiliated with Las Vegas and thus affiliated with Positively Arts. So I go out and do all of their media and I teach in their classes. and I see. But yeah, that's that's my affiliation.
0: Well, I made mention of this back at the start of the show when I introduced you, but in addition to everything that we've talked about so far, somewhere <laughs> in all this, you managed to run your own vocal studio too. Talk about that as far as, Who you work with, the services that you provide, maybe what you don't do or who you won't work with, those types of details.
1: Wow, I hadn't thought about who I won't work with until recently, so it's very interesting um, you ask me. Basically, it all goes back to the same thing I I have mentioned before. Don't wait for somebody to employ you, employ yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, During all of the craziness with my voice, I learned... So much about voice health and and tech technique. I went to speech therapy. I went to voice therapy, um, and I got so passionate about it. I decided that I was going to relay all the information, the hundreds of thousands of dollars of medical information that had been given to me over the span of a year or two, and give it back. Right? Because I'm like, how do I have a degree from a really renowned school, and and don't know this stuff and it turns out that it's up and coming in the medical field so it wasn't even around when i was in school Uh um so i wanted to give it all everything i could about bizarre things like straw phonation and and uh and residents and and all i could go on and on but basically that's why i started my studio in the first place coincidentally right before covid I had already grown my studio to 25 people. I started it about two years ago. Mm -hmm. So it's at 25 people weekly. um, And I do accept more, you know, on a as needed basis, scheduling basis. And basically at this stage of the game – I'm starting to get to the point where I'm not working with any more students who are still trying to recognize pitch. I have a handful of um, students who are pitch deficient a bit, um, and that takes a lot of mental (laughs) uh, energy and time um, and focus to um, get people, no matter what the age, um, to start matching pitch. Obviously, the older you are, the more challenging it is. Um, so I don't think I'm taking any more of those, uh, students, but, um, I have people who are professionals on the Vegas strip. I have people who are doing summer stock and community theater and regional theater. Mm. Um, and that's kind of what I'm focusing on right now are the young adults and, um, adults who are very well, um, versed in voice, but there's just something not right or even if they feel like everything's right but they're not getting cast if they're getting feedback Mm. about their voice um if they are a soprano only and they've never tried belting before um is that a hindrance to them trying to be cast and that's the kind of stuff that i like to work healthy belt healthy mixed belt um and everything in between.
0: I love so, it. I love it. But I'm I, I, I feel obligated to ask you though. So did you pivot your business in the wake of COVID and say, okay, you know what? Normally I only work with people in person, but eh, I'll I'll do Skype or Zoom lessons. Or is it no? I just that's that's somebody that I won't work with.
1: So I actually am only doing uh, Skype and Zoom lessons ah. right now. Yeah. Um, I like it that way right now. I, I don't talk about it very much, but I ha- also um, I have an autoimmune, which is why I think I got injured in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't know that at the time that I had one. But I have an autoimmune that basically doesn't fight infection well. Um, so COVID is not ideal for me, <laughs> yeah, even when I'm sure. – performing For sure. uh so i just don't like pe- to have people directly in my home my studio is based out of my house um if i go out i can control the environment a little bit more than if they come in here and i have to sit in it 24 <laughs> 7 <laughs> um so right now all of my stuff is online only and we got an incredible tech system set up in my studio with speakers and and direct feed and no latency issues. And it's it's been wonderful. It's been wonderful. Yeah.
0: So what I'm hearing you saying is that if someone's listening right now that feels that they meet your criteria, they can contact you regardless of where they live to see if you would work with them over Skype or Zoom.
1: Are you kidding? I would just love that. I would love awesome. that so much. Awesome.
0: Well, we raced right through everything sort of in the sense that we never <laughs> talked about the younger years for lisa marie smith now i believe you were raised in las vegas but i also know that your degree is from as you have mentioned once or twice the boston conservatory at berkeley school of music so was that the only time you lived somewhere other than las vegas because then also <laughs> share with the audience too about some of the international travel that you've been able to do because of music
1: um, I did um, only live on the East Coast during my college years, and okay. your um, your podcast guest, Dane, and I went to school together. That's how we met ah. in, in Boston mm-hmm. and um, performed together and worked together uh, back in Boston and in Vegas. But I lived there. And I politely declined the East Coast. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I am a hot weather girl. I was born and raised in Southern California. I moved to Vegas when I was 10. Uh, Um, So I am a lizard. I like the heat and the sun, um, so that's another that's reason why, why I, I like didn't... you
0: as a as a Floridian. <laughs> that's another reason why I like you.
2: <laughs>
1: oh yeah, are you kidding? Florida is just like the the best. A bit mm-hmm. too humid for me. I like a nice air, uh, like blow dryer breeze. That's <laughs> that's ideal. No, uh, yeah, I I couldn't. I, I couldn't do the East Coast as much as I wanted to. Now, if Broadway came and knocked in and said, we have the perfect role for you. Here you go. Would you come out for six months? Sure. I would (laughs) absolutely never turn something like that down. But for the most part, my home has been Vegas. I grew up looking at billboards of people uh, and I wanted to be on them Mm. and made that reality come true and unbelievably fortunate and grateful for it. It's it's humbling for sure, but that's been my focus since I was a kid, and that's what I wanted to do.
0: And have gotten to travel outside of the U.S. Yes, because yeah. of music.
1: That's right. So, um, while right after I graduated college, like I said, I ran ran right back home to the West Coast. Um, and when I was first getting my footing as an artist right out of school, I was too old to be cast in a kid role, but I looked still quite young, so I wasn't being cast in all the adult mm. um, shows in Vegas. And I don't necessarily mean adult in that way. I just mean any show <laughs> where I would be <laughs> uh, competing against somebody who was 27 at the time and I was 21. I mm-hmm. looked like I was 16. Mm-hmm. So I said to myself, okay, I need experience um, cruise ships. And I. Like many go down that path, I was grateful to be part of one cruise ship contract, and it happened to be the inaugural um, sailing of the new shows on the Nordam for Holland America. And they spent a couple million dollars on these shows, and they were unbelievable. So I did that traveled to over 20 different countries got to go into the pyramids in Egypt oh my gosh really neat stuff checked a bunch of incredible places off the bucket list that I never (laughs) thought I would be able to visit and ran back home to Vegas
0: (laughs) wow wow how about that well listeners you know that one place that I talk about traveling to a lot is Las Vegas and you know that Uh. when I go there i always read all year round the access vegas newsletter which i tell you about every week on this show and i hope you've signed up for it by this time because you've got someone like lisa that you can say well someone like her probably knows all about that stuff no lisa knows entertainment lisa knows about taking care of business lisa doesn't sit and write all day long and all week (laughs) long and every month and for years about saving people money about getting you discounts about maximizing your trip to las vegas and that's what the folks who put together the access vegas newsletter do for you they give you discounts they give you deals you don't need coupons they tell you how to get the most out of your visit there and if you're planning on visiting in six months or if you're planning on visiting in a year you still want to be reading anyways because as lisa can attest to as dane reese alluded to last week everything changes so much out there on a regular basis so it's a great way to keep up with it go to my show website nhte.net Click on the Access Vegas logo and during sign up, put in the code BRUCE to get $5 off and you'll start getting it in your email inbox. You'll get access to special reports that they have. You'll get access to their private Facebook group and you'll learn so much about There's so much that goes on out there. I sit and read this thing, and I lose track of time because of all the volume of information they put out. Again, go to nhte.net, click on the Access Vegas logo, and during sign-up, put in the code BRUCE to get $5 off. We don't talk a whole lot on this show about guests singing the national anthem somewhere, but... In your case, Lisa, wow, there are at least two events that I need to have you tell the audience about. One was a boxing event that was televised, and the other was at T-Mobile Arena, which for those of you that don't know is where the Vegas Golden Knights play hockey, and millions of people saw that. Talk about those two performances and events.
1: Um, yeah, the first one was for, it was that's actually the same, that's the same event, so the Canelo Jacobs' fight um, was a huge – I'm not a big boxing um, fan. I actually like MMA a little bit more. Um, but I I had been asked to sing the national anthem pretty last minute for this boxing match. And my fiancé, who loves both MMA and boxing, was like, are you kidding? That's the most in – what? And he, like, lost his mind. Luckily, he didn't tell me just how many people would be viewing it in the moment i kind of had a feeling but um it streamed well over 14 million views Mm. that night well over i mean that was the i think that was the the day after number but since then i'm sure it's just doubled so that was that and it was crazy (laughs) i was shaking like a leaf um and got to meet some pretty incredible people and uh got great feedback and was very thankful for it um and that actually that performance allowed me to um, do the fourth of july um national anthem for caesar's entertainment at caesar's palace which is the you know heart of the vegas strips and um i did the national anthem for the strip fireworks last year so you'd i'd sing, and and while i was singing the fireworks went off mm. and it was it was it, sent goosebumps down my arms just to be asked to do something like that and to think about it again and to honor our country and it was it was incredible
0: wow yeah there's so much listeners as you've heard me say especially in the intro with everything that i read off and everything that you're hearing that it sounds like they they chose you because they view you as a great ambassador for the city so congratulations that's a a wonderful wonderful feather in your cap
1: that's unbelievably nice of you to say i one of the best compliments I think I've ever gotten to be an ambassador of Vegas, so thank you,
0: yeah, I'd say it from my heart. I wouldn't say it if if I didn't feel it, but I all the research and listeners you know, I pride myself on all the time I spend putting into preparing for these interviews and everything that I read and just feeling the sense of of who Lisa is in las Vegas and It's a credit to her for all that she's accomplished. And we're going to close today with another one of your original songs, Lisa, one called Don't You Ever Give Up. Before you and I record more audio for the exclusive bonus content available only through Patreon, tell the listeners all about this song, please.
1: This song is about my journey to healing of my body and and not giving up on what I wanted to achieve, which was a performing career in the arts. And I was writing this smack dab in the middle of my rehabilitation Mm. so it means the world to me so since you didn't
0: have this big songwriting background did you find yourself writing more lyrics than melody or more melody than lyrics or no they both came to me at the same time what did that look like in the case of I'll I'll, I'll say the whole EP or, or unless you want to just want to talk about this particular song
1: um, in the whole EP, but in the song in particular, of course, um, it's lyrics. I've always really resonated with lyrics. Um, melody has always come second to me when I am learning a song, um, but I always resonate with lyrics first. Um, and I think that's my acting background I'm from Boston Conservatory. I just that's what that's what sticks in my guts. So I write the lyrics, and they would help me write a melody. They mostly wrote the melody. It. It was practically just like me writing lyrics, them writing melody. (laughs) And then I would edit and arrange it to my voice a bit um, Mm. as it progressed. But that's usually how my writing style is and how I prefer it to be.
0: All right. Well, Lisa, this has been wonderful. Thank you so much. I'm really glad to have gotten you on the show. And congratulations and continued best wishes.
1: I appreciate you asking me to be on this, Bruce. Thanks so much.
0: Oh, an absolute pleasure. Listeners, that will do it for another episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. My sincere thanks to singer-entertainer Lisa Marie Smith. Be sure to visit her official website at singlisamarie.com. And again, I will put a link to it on the show page for this episode at nhte.net. Remember that she is all over social media, so engage with Lisa online. Earlier today, I followed her on Twitter, I followed her on Instagram, I followed her other Instagram account for her band, so I'm suggesting that you please do the same. Remember that Lisa's self-titled EP is available for purchase on iTunes, even though you can and should follow her on Spotify. Just don't fall for streaming her music there and not buying it from iTunes. Also, don't forget about the performance that she is in of Roux, spelled R-O-U-X, on the events.broadwayworld.com website. Buy a ticket and watch that from the comfort of your own home and support Lisa in the process. Again, Lisa and I will have more conversation over in the bonus content that's only available exclusively through Patreon. There's already similar audio up there from the last nine months' worth of guests. It's only five bucks and it's ad-free and that's the only place you can get it. Go to the show website, nhte.net, hit the orange-colored Support Us on Patreon button, and that will take you to where you can gain access to the exclusive content. Remember also about scrolling down on nhte.net to the tall Amazon banner to start all of your shopping through them that way so that they can kick back a small percentage of the sale to help me with all the expenses I have for doing this show every week for what has been more than six and a half years now. There is no extra cost to you for doing that. For now, that will do it for episode 347. Thanks ever so much for listening. We'll send you out today with another song from Lisa Marie Smith. This is the one she just talked about. It's called Don't You Ever Give Up.